Hello, welcome. Episode two, series two, or episode 12, however you like to do things. This week, we have Luca George on the podcast. Um, Luca was born in Brighton in 1990. He graduated from the Glasgow School of Art in 2013 and the Royal College of Art in 2019. Recent exhibitions, projects and performances have included London and the Devil at Broccoli Gardens, William Blake and the Idea of the Artist, which was organised by and taking place at both Paul Mellon Centre and Tate Britain, The Ghost of the Flea Under the Bridge as part of Mark Leckie's Tate Britain retrospective, O Magic Power of Bleakness, and Sour Persimmons Chasm at Ex Baldassare, or Ex Baldassare, apologies if I've said that wrong, um, curated by Andy Holden. Luca George is the ghost of a flea, he is a leaf on a tree, he's the angel hesitating near, he's the human being full of fear, he is dread, he is anguish, and he is a sandwich. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. How's it going? How are you? I'm quite good. I'm all right, yeah. What have you been up to today? Today, I've been at work. I've been, I've been sanding some galvanised steel, which is quite dangerous and means that you can get... Uh, you can catch something called gal fever and, <laughs> and also you can, I think it's zinc, you can get zinc poisoning from it and it makes you really angry and really crazy. <laughs> so if that, you know, that's my excuse if I start losing it. But it's fine, no, I was doing that. I, I work for like um, an art fabrication company, so. Yeah, how long have you been doing that? About two years. So you started that when you were at, when you were at college? Yeah, I think when I started at RCA, I was still, I think I was working as an invigilator and maybe I was working in a bakery. Yeah. It was very sad. And then um, <laughs> someone got me that job. So, nepotism. Yeah. Through RCA, someone yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah. Another student. Um, so, I reckon let's start from the top. Yeah. Um, a little bit of background on you, um, where you grew up, how you got into art, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Do you want, from the very beginning? Yeah, from the very 1990, beginning. Yeah, 19th of November. On the same night that I was born, actually, Chris Eubank was fighting Nigel Benn. And, really? um, yeah, and my mum went into labour and my dad wanted to stay and watch the boxing. Okay, that's a good, that's a first anecdote. Um, yeah, I grew up in Brighton and then I left Brighton. I kind of dropped out of school. I finished school. I didn't do very well. And then I went to um, sixth form for like a couple of weeks. And then I dropped out and went to live in Cornwall with my dad. And then in Cornwall, I managed to get into a college like a sixth form college, and there was a little art teacher. Here you go, here's a little story. Called, what's he called? Mr. Pasco. He's not listening, but if he's out there, <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, he, he, did, he didn't really, he kind of just let me do what I wanted to do. Mm. So there was like a little room full of paints and wire. I started making stuff. Yeah. But that makes it sound like I wasn't interested at all in art, which is kind of true. 
Because when I was at school, I wasn't, I, I mean, I was just pissed off about everything. Yeah. So I think even, art is the one thing that I got a, got a B in GCSE. Wow. But I, I didn't really like art, you know? Yeah. It'd be nice to be like, I've always wanted to be an artist, but yeah. I didn't always yeah. want to be an artist. I wanted to be a stunt man for quite a while. And then I thought I'd do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe I think maybe that explains some of my work. <laughs> um, and you chose to so after all that you went you went to Glasgow. To yeah, your sure, yeah. So I didn't really finish. Um, yeah, so I ended up going in, going to Glasgow, and I got there without the right um, requirements. But I got there uh, through I don't know, through the portfolio and stuff in the interview. And yeah, I was there for, I lived in Glasgow for like seven years after that. Yeah. But that interview, I was so nervous, I was gonna go red, that my girlfriend at the time let me borrow her makeup and I wore gold uh, foundation and bronzer to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, which was quite like, it wasn't like a statement or like a, you know, it wasn't like a courageous thing to be doing. I was just yeah. super scared of, at the time I was just, a, you know, I was still a teenager, I just hated going red. And um, yeah, it was quite incongruous with the rest of my clothes. I just had a gold face, so but it worked. So you know, yeah. um, what kind of work were you making? Work in a similar vein, although no, no, no. Then I was making work like, um, well, I, right. So my dad and his wife and their kid lived by the sea in somewhere called Lou. Yeah. And um, I was doing lots of really, really bad stuff, like um, bad, bad art. It was like, it was like uh, Andy Goldsworthy rip-off kind of art. I'd kind of like make a, a spiral with seaweed in the sand and stuff. But I thought I was so fucking good. So I, it wasn't like, I, wasn't, I thought it was like um, special stuff, you know? And you know, to me it was, I guess, but it's bad. Yeah. I once painted this huge tree uh, red and I thought it was like, just fucking genius. Just fucking, but it wasn't. It's fucking like, it's a really bad thing to do. You can't just paint a tree red. Um, yeah, it was all over the place, but it was, it was there, I guess. There was something, it was, you know, something was growing. Yeah, yeah. And then Glasgow obviously took, if you stayed there for so long, there was obviously something about that place that. Yeah, well, I had an ex girlfriend and we kept breaking up and getting back together, so there was that. Yeah. And then, um, and then I, I got a job in uh, the. Well, the first job I got was as a cleaner, cleaning toilets, which is good. And then I got a job in the student union. And then from there, I ended up being the fucking duty manager of this fucking nightclub, basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just spiraled into uh, drinking and being in Glasgow in a very like, it's fucking amazing there, but it's a very like, um, uh, people might hate me for saying, but it's quite an incestuous bubble. Yeah. And it's like, um, Look, it's the best fucking place in the world. But I had to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Because I'd been there for two, I ever say my welcome maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know, I just, I had to leave. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and I left and then I went to London. Yeah. Which is where we are. Yeah. And then ended up at RCA. When came the decision to, to want to apply there? And was it, was it, was it the course that attracted you or was it? Um, and was you I think, I think was? I always wanted to go and do it. Once I, once I got into, Basically, once I went to art school, my whole fucking brain changed, right? Yeah. So I didn't, I, it's completely, 
maybe we'll get into it, but it just completely twisted my whole fucking idea of anything, of, of, of just existing, you know? Yeah. So, and once I was there, I, I was always looking for the next thing and I always knew I'd go and do an MA, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I had lots of friends that went and did stuff in, around Europe and I visited friends in Frankfurt, which was really good and all over the place. But I moved to London because I fell in love and then I was living with someone and then I think I just wasn't really fulfilled in my life. Yeah. And I was like, right, this is the time, let's go. Let's go back. Yeah. And I went back and I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. But then eventually I loved it. But I, when I first got to RCA, oh, I don't know, are we ready to start talking about RCA? Yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah. I mean, like now, like in, with hindsight, I love a lot of it, but it's a deeply flawed place and it's becoming more so. So, but that was clear to see and that was, I already knew that was the case before I went and yeah. it was maybe quite a masochistic thing going there. I think I was proving something to myself going there. Um, and I think I kind of work better when I have something to revolve against and I had something to, I thought I had something to revolt against there until I realized that people, I don't know. I'd, I, I've, I came out of that place with some great friends and like some good contemporaries, whatever, but there was a really weird thing going on um, when I was there, which was so much to do with the students as um, consumers and it's like paying for a, uh, paying for a product, right? Yeah. Not even like in a, in a, uh, any, you know, kind of uh, understated way. They just were straight up about it. You know, I, there was yeah. one thing where the heating wasn't working and people went like fucking apeshit. Like, like insane, right? <laughs> and it was like, oh, that, that's good that there's that, yeah. that kind of fucking, um, I don't know, that there's something there that gets you that fucking riled. Mm. But, it's, but what they were annoyed about is that they paid for something and they hadn't got what they were paying for, you know? Yeah. It wasn't about the inequality of the place or, or the, you know, the deeply problematic contracts that a lot of the tutors are on. Yeah, you know, yeah. the stuff yeah, that yeah, we yeah. know. You know. The only yeah. people that listen to this are probably RCA people. Yeah. <laughs> not joking. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've all, we've all tried, we've spoken about it to death, and it's like, there came a point where, where probably towards the midpoint of my second year there, I just kind of just let go of all of that stuff and yeah. started focusing on my work, I guess. Yeah. And, the, and, and just going and talking to tutors that I liked or whose work I liked. That, um, you know. The second year, I don't know about you in painting, but I did this thing called contemporary art practice, public sphere, which I don't think will exist for very long. But um, not, that's not, I'm not slagging it off because the, the person that uh, set it up, Mel Jordan, was great. But, um, in the second year, I just wasn't really on that course. I was just, I was just hanging around, talking to people, and getting on with it. Yeah. I also took quite a lot of time off to work because I couldn't afford it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other thing. I mean, it's not even, it's not interesting to no, talk but, about. No, but it's, there's definitely something that you know people. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I just took. I naively went there. I took on way too much. Yeah. It, like my, you know, my relationship broke down away from. Being an artist, well, with my partner at the time, yeah. But that wasn't really it. It was like I was trying too much. I was working. I was. 
Yeah. I felt like no one else was really doing it in the way that I was doing it, and I felt quite bitter, and I probably felt quite smug about other stuff. I was yeah. Cock, basically. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I couldn't quite, like... I couldn't get it right in the first year. And then in the second year, I, I don't know, I mellowed. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'll tell you why, before we say. There was a... There was a a conference kind of thing that was organized by the student union and it was called what was it called it was called the working class in the institution or something yeah and it was really flawed and like it was like quite misguided in lots of ways but it was good right and it felt like it was needed and mm -hmm. um i just fucking uh just got the you know when you get the mic and you say stuff yeah. it was like that and i was just fucking going and I just, it was like a real cathartic release. And I just said that it's, it just doesn't work, you know? And I like, it hasn't worked for me. Did and I can't, I can't tell anyone or advise anyone to come here. Because it doesn't work, it's, it's like, it's unrealistic. The only way you can go there is if you have some, um, you know, again, I don't want to fucking slag everyone off. Mm. If they're able to do that, great. But yeah, like, yeah. you're not getting the right experience there if you're not able to be there. Yeah. At all, yeah, for sure. No, so I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm literally, I'm not here, you know. Yeah, it was good. It kind of, it hit something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then after that, I thought I was gonna fuck. I left, and this guy was like, "Oh, that was really good, man." <laughs> I was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> and uh, he was like, "Do you want to come for a drink?" I was like, "No." And I like, fucking went home in like a mood and stuff. And then, I don't know. It was good after that. Yeah. Maybe in, a, in quite a selfish way, I kind of felt like I'd made my case I and mean, I still think it I, I still wouldn't recommend anyone going there no unless they had something to prove to themselves yeah like, yeah. You know. yeah but it's, it, well, it sounds like reasons that you might have that, that you might have wanted to go yeah. ended up being the reap ended up not being correct but actually yeah it sounds like although it was a tough experience you learned things in a different yeah in a different way there wasn't necessarily kind of um, the RCA's kind of well, it wasn't because of the RCA and because of their aims and their and their efforts to kind of educate. You. Yeah, but then perversely, it, it, was, it kind of was, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like they can't they can't really get it wrong, yeah. you know. The reason they can't get it wrong is because there's so many fucking good people. Yeah. There's a lot of bad students. I don't. I, I, you know, it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, there's a lot of good ones as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think this is true for across all across all like, well, nearly all master's courses. I I think not all master's courses. That's a sweeping statement, but. For a lot of people who have gone to different institutions that I know, yeah, yeah. they all share really, really yeah. quite similar problems. Oh, I think anyone that goes to do an MA, MFA, whatever, in London is fucked. I think it's, honestly, I think it's dead. I don't, I don't really, you know, I went to the, to the Royal Academy Open Day yeah. when I was looking at stuff. And I think if you, get, if you can get in there, cool. But, and it's great, you know, and I've got friends that have gone there, it's amazing. Yeah. But the fucking, I, I hated it. The open day was like, this really made me feel like I do not want to be here. This guy was showing his hand, it was like, mate, you fucking asshole. You know, it's like, it was just, it just, I usually like that kind of thing maybe. If I see something that I'm not part of, I want to be part of it, or I want to take the piss out of it, or mm. do something with it, you know? Yeah. But there I just felt like, uh, I don't want to be here. Yeah. It's so, it just smug. Yeah, it's quite, and that's such a strong reaction to have. Yeah, but I've probably got some friends that went there that tell me to shut up, but. But they're well, right, you know. Well, yeah, well, you know, it's every, every every place. Well, there's there's a certain place right for, mm. for every for every person. 
and it's important to acknowledge that and it's and it's quite important to know that in yourself that that, pla that place doesn't fit because I think people can make the wrong decision on somewhere yeah. by just reputation alone and they think yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that's got a rep I'm going to go there and, and do you find that. that with RCA people maybe say or do you think they wouldn't send it to you have you ever heard like people kind of um, you know just being like Oof, it's not what it used to be or anything like yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure for sure. I think with painting and painting slightly different, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I think sculpture, they got shafted when I was there, they weren't having a good time. But painting seems like it's kind of surviving in some way, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it, it kind of feeds the market after and like, there's something else going on there, which yeah, I can't yeah, really comment sure. on, you know? And we can only talk from our experience and the change that happened when we were there. Yeah. Um, but I, I have been, you know, I've been told from people who've gone there before and also other institutions that there's always been change going on. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. But whether it's as change as, is as huge as what's going on now with it, you know, most courses like doubling in sizes, yeah. this big new kind of building yeah. for the Royal College. Yeah. Um, and also at, at the Royal Academy too, but I think that isn't to the detriment of the quality of education, it, it seems. They've got more space yeah. and they're taking on similar There's also, there's, there's like financial support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. There's more. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's very little um, LCA. You can, which is what I did, if you, if you showed them your bank and at the end of the first year and say, fuck it, yeah. I've got to go. Yeah. They give you, they gave me the maximum, um, what's it called? Continuation fund, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you get, that's the thing I thought. We'll get, we'll get over RCA and talk about other stuff. But I thought the ones I got, if I could just get there, I'd get in there and I'd like get funding and I'd, or I'd, I'd you know, find a way of doing it. And I didn't really, until the second year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was whatever, it's naive and stuff, but, but Glasgow, yeah. oh my God, what an art school. Unbelievable, incredible. I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't have that time back, but I'm very happy that I had it. Yeah, and what was it about, the, what was it about that school? That well, I think the, the thing is, I think I moved to Glasgow from living, I was living with my, I was sharing a room with my brother who was 10. Yeah. If he's, Ben, if you're out there, you're a legend. But I know I was 18, right? Yeah. So I was like, I was, I was you know, I love my family, they're fucking legends. But I, I, I needed to get out of that place. I was in Cornwall yeah. after living in Brighton. I was just kind of a bit, I was just primed, I was ready, you know? And then I got to Glasgow, I got my little flat, I had a loan, I had like grants, which they've scrapped, which the, I looked into the microphone as I said that, they've scrapped, which the Conservatives scrapped, um, which was the maintenance grant. Um, I was loving it. I opened up four different overdrafts illegally. I went into every single one. They said, do you have a student overdraft? And I said, no. And they're like, okay, and I got four. And then it was a fucking nightmare, four grand of debt. Anyway, <laughs> what am I talking about? I was just fucking loving it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just, I was just like. Is it abroad in its broad fine art at Glasgow? Well, I did something called um, sculpture and environmental art, okay. which is the course. The the what's he called? Hansu Gulbrist. A lot of the, he coined a lot of people that came out of that the Glasgow Miracle, which, when you're in Glasgow, there's some kind of. Um, when I was there, people were parodying it in quite a fun way. This kind of idea of this Glasgow mm. miracle. It's quite patronizing. Yeah. 
but also there was you know, some fucking great artists that came out at that time and a lot of them were on this course sculpture and environmental art yeah. which is what I did and honestly I loved all the tutors and stayed in contact with a lot of them and yeah 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 really really good really good yeah I did stuff like um, I think I went from like thinking I was some kind of uh, what's the what's that Friedrich painting you know, like a wonder above a sea of fog, you know? Yeah. I thought I was like this romantic kind of, I was painting like triangles and like, yeah, and like I said, mentioned earlier, like I was making shapes in the, in the sand and stuff, you know? And I went from that to, to doing a couple of things there, like when I, they did this thing called a public art project where everyone had to make a public art project, right? And some people made sculptures, some make, people made them, um, you know, worked with foundries and stuff. Some people made films whatever and I did this thing where I I basically lived the life of a, a cyclist and I tried to convince like um, cycling shops and myself and people I knew I guess that I was gonna beat the owl record which is the furthest distance someone can cycle on a bike in an hour on a velodrome right yeah. and our public art project was in this park um, called Bella Houston Park which is near Ibrox at Rangers Stadium and um, there's like an outdoor velodrome there so I bought like a Great Britain micro kit I got my own bike and I tried to beat it and obviously I failed miserably <laughs> but like I really fucking went for it right I really went in for it and I started to really delude myself and feel like some kind of um, method acting power that from then, I've continued into pretty much everything I've done. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was, was like... Um, so that was a catalyst for everything that came after. What's that? That, that, was, that was a catalyst, that experience. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was definitely... That's the sea change or something? I don't know. Mm. I just felt like, okay, I can, I can embarrass myself here and there's some merit in it, you know? Yeah. I think from a young age, I think I realised I could make people laugh from being self-deprecating or... You know, it's fun, you know, taking the piss out of yourself. Yeah. But then if you, if I wasn't doing that as an artist at art school, I was not taking the piss out of myself. I was thinking, I'm fucking dog's bollocks, man. I'm fucking, I'm amazing. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I'm definitely not now, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. Gone off from my That's right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a good segue into, we're just going to talk about your most recent show okay. at, at Brockley Gardens. Yeah. Um, London and the Devil. Yeah. Yeah, opened yeah. Is it last, 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 well, last week, yeah. It's only over a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what would you say? Well, what date it opened? 17th of January, I think. Yeah. And it closes yeah, yeah. on Friday, yeah. which is the 31st, yeah. which is in the past to whoever's listening. Yeah. <laughs> so, you missed it. <laughs> and if you did come, thank you. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so how did that show come about? Um, and how, how, did you, how did you approach, approach that? Uh, that show came from an email from. Billy Crosby and Tom Gregg, lovely guys, um, good artists, check them out. And they run this garage called Broccoli Gardens. They sent me an email saying that they were, if I was, you know, was I interested in having a show there? And I said yes. And then they came here and we had a few beers and we had a chat. And I presented to them what you can't see, because there's no video to whoever's listening, is a uh, we crumpled describe, up... We should describe what's here, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a formally... It's a demolished telephone box. So I, I, I 
I'd got this studio, I'd been making loads of small stuff in my bedroom, tiny little bedroom, and then I got this big space. So I made a big telephone box and I wanted to do this, I wanted to do this performance in the garage about, I think it was about um, a spirit traveling through a telephone box or a phone call. It was very loose yeah. and it was bad. And um, like with most of the things that I do, I have like one idea, I'm really behind it, and then I have like an anxiety crisis, and this is fucking shit, and that's when something else comes. Yeah. So yeah, that turned into the turned into London and the Devil, which is about someone who drinks so much that they that they start dancing with the devil, and then they meet an angel, and then they go to the pub. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that which I think was some kind of what they call catharsis for. Me thinking I drink too much, or knowing that I drink too much, and have done for a long time, you know, and trying to, a lot of the stuff that I have done is me trying to, I don't know, get my hands on whatever I'm fucking uh, being anxious about, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I don't know if it's worked though, because it's made me enjoy alcohol even more. <laughs> It's so, it was, I mean, maybe we should describe what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like, it was basically me standing on a box, telling some kind of, um, starting with some kind of like romantic, uh, self-loathing story about someone who's essentially feeling sad. And then they're looking for a way to feel better and they go to the pub. And they're looking up at the sky and all the stars are turned into pubs. And, their favourite pub is singing to them and then they get to their favourite pub and they get really, really drunk. And then, and then uh, they're so drunk that they're going to be sick and I stumble outside and I, I meet an angel and these, these uh, car lights come on. I speak to the angel, blah, 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 I'm in heaven, speaking to the angel. And then I hear the voice of the devil who's back in the pub and he says, do you want to go to the pub? And I say, yes. And then I get everyone to come to the pub, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm basically saying that it's fun and fine to go to the pub, but I'm also saying, please don't come to the pub with me because <laughs> I, I love it and it's, uh, it's killing me. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, but it's true. <laughs> um, and on the, on, on, the ceiling, on the ceiling of the show, there was, um, yeah. you'd made maquettes or... Yeah, then yeah, modules, I guess I, say, I, I actually called them sculptures. Actually, sculptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've made I've made one big sculpture of none of them are here, I'm afraid, mm. so we can't That's refer right. to them. But um, they're in the show. Um, but I made one big sculpture of a pub that's at the end of my road, and um, it took me ages. I thought that I was going to make them all that size, but I ran out of time, and I made all of the others in one night. So um, yeah, they're just little pubs in London that I've. That I've uh, had too much to drink in but the thing is with this it's like I worry about it because I think it sounds a little bit like fucking I don't know like Badil and Skinner kind of lad uh, geezer lager culture right yeah, yeah, yeah. and in a way the character that I'm becoming in that performance is that thing right so essentially it is an act you know it is it's not me mm. doing that it's me saying come to the pub and me in the pub. Yeah. But the, this, this story about, it's a very cheap metaphor about meeting the devil and, yeah. and getting really drunk with the devil. You know, as the, you know, the story is old as time of temptation, you know? 
it's cheap. It's, but I don't know. It's, I'm going through something. Yeah, I'm but 29. There's, you also, know, it's like, there's I'm, also in everything that you do, there's which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. There's that element of humour which you don't shy away from. Yeah. And I think that does shift it between it being. Yeah. You know. But do you not think it's quite sad as well? Well, yeah, through that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I, think, I, I think that. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. I just. I don't. I'm not a very good actor. I'm not a very good comedian. Yeah. Right. I think I'm quite. <laughs> what am I going to say? <laughs> quite good at making people feel sorry for me. Yeah. I think I. Maybe I am. I think, and I think that that's quite funny and um, and absurd, and I think that kind of I've got a bit of a formula which which kind of works. You saw the one in the summer, didn't you? Which was yeah, which was like a, the longest one I've ever done, which was essentially a love story. Yeah, which was your degree show, right? Yeah, show. which was just say, say in London again of of two people falling in love, falling out of love in London, mm. and then. The end, London melts. But it was, that was again, that was, you know, I'd come out of a relationship and I had to, I just have to do something about it. Otherwise I'll, I won't get out of bed, you know. Yeah. Just not a very eloquent way of putting it, but that's what a lot of this stuff is. No, and, and there were sculptures in, in that show as well, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then my lung collapsed. There's a whole fucking anecdote for you, which, which was during that performance. Really? Did you not see that? I, I knew that you. I didn't know that was. It was, a, no, it wasn't during. It wasn't during the performance. Oh, okay. It was during the time of the performance, okay. and um, which is a really painful. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm saying that not for sympathy again, but because I managed to sell quite a lot of the sculptures. I think because people felt bad for me, so I was hoping that maybe something would happen during this pub <laughs> show, <laughs> so people would buy them. But well, there's still time. <laughs> um, so. You, you said that a lot of these performances are based upon kind of personal experience and there's themes that are kind of like of ghosts, yeah. London, pubs, yeah. Yeah. drinking, uh, sculptures, yeah. flying, yeah. dancing. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite and, adolescent stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> themes that kind of like crop up quite a lot. Um, yeah. did, how do you come up with or how does, do ideas come to you for, for a work? Uh, that stuff... Is it's London? It's it's being here. It's kind of um, it's this. It, it, there is like ghosts here. I don't believe in ghosts, right? I don't believe in anything. But there, I, there is. There's like um, there's. It's a haunted fucking city, you know. It's a poisonous place, and I love it. You know? <laughs> but I also it's. Uh, you can't. You can't not. I think you can't not start making work about this place if you live here, and you, and you kind of. Um, you know, yeah, struggle with it. Mm. But what can I say? I mean, I'm not. Well, I, 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 was, I guess are there any? Is there? Do you have certain experiences that you'll then immediately think that needs to be made into a performance, or is it? Yeah. So when David came in here, I'm addressing people listening. He was taking a photo of the little toilet that I've made. <laughs> I made that toilet because yeah. I did such a big poo that I fainted on the toilet the other day, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is, which was hot, which was fucking horrible. I fainted and I was like sweating. I was like, oh my God. And then I kind of climbed up the stairs to my room in my pants. It was really grim, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then obviously, you know, hypochondriac Googled it if I was dying or something. But apparently I was just pushing too hard. So, <laughs> so who knew? Be careful. Um, 
yeah, so then that day, I, I, what was that? That was like a Sunday, and um, my friend was here, and she was uh, talking to me, and I was telling her about um, my fainting on the toilet. And she has friends here, um, and she, was, she went into a different studio, and when she came back, I'd made this toilet. So I don't know, maybe I was showing off to her, or... It's just, it was fresh in my head. And I thought it'd be quite a good performance, maybe. The idea of like, um, something is as uh, absurd and trivial as, yeah. as having a poo and, and fainting. Have you ever done that? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we all do it. We all do it. Okay. And looking around, and, and another, um, another memorable performance. I wasn't there. So oh, yeah. But Ghost of the Flea. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, could yeah. you, yeah, describe a bit about that performance and explain yeah, yeah. Yeah, what led to it? Um, so The Ghost of a Flea is a little painting by William Blake. You go and look at it if you haven't seen it. It's probably the best painting, it's probably the best piece of artwork in the world, I'd say. <laughs> um, it's terrifying. He's a very muscular flea man. Um, I, I, I found out about this, uh, you know, right, so let me take you back. It's the summer. I saw that there was going to be a William Blake exhibition at Tate. I thought I have to somehow, somehow be involved in it, right? I'm obsessed with William Blake. William Blake makes me think about an afterlife, right? In a way that nothing else does. So like the fear of, of nothingness, of the eternal abyss of darkness is something that I've had with me since I was a child, you know? I was, a, I was like a fucking, I don't know, I had an existential crisis when I was about five, right? Blake, I don't know, it, it takes that away. There's like, it's like this, um, this the imagination in your head, you know? There are many people that could describe Blake way better than I am, right? Anyway, I saw there was this conference about William Blake organized by the Paul Mellon Center, and they were looking for academic papers, right? So like scholars to come and give a talk. And I thought there was no, there's no chance I can get into the Tate program. So I um, wrote them a email saying, I don't have a paper, I'm not a scholar or anything, but I kind of played on the Royal College of Art thing and said, I'd like to do a performance as part of the conference. And um, I think I actually said, like, I think it would kind of lighten the mood or something. Yeah, I don't know. But they went for it. But I think I'd, I'd been doing these performances about the ghost of a flea. I did one at um, the Science Museum and I did one at Gossamer Fog Gallery, which is run by Sam Capps. And uh, it was part of this show and book that some people had made. I wasn't really, I wasn't really, they, okay. They were making a book about something called Le Grand Quai. If people know about that, they know about it. I'm not gonna explain about it. But I managed to kind of run my way into their book and their shows. Yeah. And I started making these performances about the ghost of a flea. So I sent the Paul Mellon Center some documentation from that and said I wanted to do a ghost of a flea performance, right? And they said yes. And then I said, fuck. And I, I spoke to my mum and we made this ghost of a flea costume, right? And you made it? Yeah, it's, it's made out of latex and chickpeas and... Oh my word. Yeah, it's big that. up my mum though. She, yeah, she did a lot incredible. on that, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I did, what did I do? I put, I put a thing on Instagram 
<laughs> and um, Mark Leckie was like, come and do that in my show, Under the Bridge. So I did that as well, but which was amazing and surreal. Mark is like, uh, I don't know, he's like David Beckham or Teddy Sheringham or something like that to me. I, he, I, I honestly, I've followed his work for like over 10 years. So yeah, yeah it's quite surreal. But um, the thing is, it looked good because I put it on Instagram and it said, take Britain, you know? And people were like, fucking yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, I'm playing it, you know? It's like, I, I, I worm my way into it. Take Britain didn't come to me, you know? That's the thing when people have said like, uh, how did you get that? How did you do that? Yeah. It's, it's the same as the cycling thing. It's like, I'm just fucking, just winging it, yeah. you know? Um, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself, right? And maybe I'm getting off on it in some kind of way. And that's what I'm starting to realize. And if you can do that in the circles that we move in, mm. you're gonna, you, you'll be able to do a funny little performance at the tape, you know? Yeah. The tape didn't buy my work, my work is not in the tape. I don't, you know, if I'm a painter, I don't get anywhere near that place. So me dressing up in a costume and trying to make people fucking, I don't know, scared or yeah. laugh. I don't know. It was, it's a funny one. I think I still haven't really worked it out. Yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah. but you are, in that position you're, well, you're vulnerable, aren't you? You're putting yourself in a, vulnerable, in a completely vulnerable not, not in the costume. Not, not the costume. <laughs> in, the one, in the other performances, I yeah. am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. costume, I was just fucking... And, was it, <laughs> and you were just singing, right? You, you, you were All right, so yeah, I didn't really explain that. The first thing I did was... Okay, I, I, I walked into the William Blake show with the permission of the Tate and, and uh, the conference organisers. I just walked around, like, and I looked like I pooped myself. There's a video of it on Instagram. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just walking around like a creep. And, um, and then later I gave a lecture at the Paul Mellon Center. And then the same day I went and did this performance where I was just singing so loud um, in the, under the bridge, which was part of a, a night of performances and, and stuff that Mark and Tate put together. And there were some amazing people in that, Klein, Lungdahl, um, uh, Malik, honestly, amazing people, you know? I felt like a bit of a chance of being there, but it was fun, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And these performances you do, um, we talked about it actually before, but you, do, you, do you practice these performances? Or? Yeah, well, yeah, sorry, I'll let you finish your question. No, go on, so that, that was it. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go for I mean, do you practice? I think, or? well, because we, we spoke before you asked if I wrote them down yeah, but yeah that's yeah. right yeah sorry so I don't I don't write them down but I do practice them like a psycho in my head you know if I'm at work that's pretty much just what I'm thinking about if especially if there's something coming up I'm just it's just a story you know you have a skeleton of something and you just tell it over and over and over and over and over until you have something right so I did this performance um, in Bedford at Andy Holden's gallery which is ex at ex Baldassar, which is if you ever get a chance, he puts on great stuff there. And uh, yeah, I was super lucky to be involved in that. And I did this performance and I was talking to this comedian after it called Simon Munnery. And um, I was saying to him, I was kind of, uh, you know, he's a, a, I was kind of in awe talking to him. 
I was asking him how he comes up with material or how he knows when it's done, you know? Like, if you've got a, a bit, as I say, as stand-up say, like, how long can you keep using it um, and kind of come back? And he said this really good thing, which was you have about, at any given time, you have about six or seven anecdotes and you're ready, they just, they're ready for you, right? Yeah. When you need them. So maybe you're in the pub or something and someone's like, oh, David, oh, do you remember that time when you fucking shit your pants? Sorry. Oh, I'm talking about shit, sorry. And, uh, and you're like, yeah, fucking, you got it, right? Yeah. Sometimes you've told that story so many times, either you don't want to do it or you haven't realized and you start telling that story and it's just not hitting, right? And like, you're bored of it, right? These performances are a bit like that. It's like, they have to be the anecdote when it's funny, right? So I kind of, if I write it and it's like too rehearsed or if, yeah. it's, too, if it's like um, an actor's monologue or something, it, it just doesn't hit, you know? Mm. It's like the one the other night, pointing at people and saying like, you're, you know, there's a bit in this performance where I'm pretending to be sick and I'm getting everyone to be sick with me. Mm. And then I like said, you know, we've all been there. And then I pointed at my friend and I was like, she's been there and like everyone laughed, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, Everyone laughed. <laughs> Funny guy. Um, I just think it works better when you're not when you're not too rehearsed. Yeah. Am I saying that? I'm yeah. just not an actor, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. But there's, yeah. it's, so you you say like you provide because there's a framework of you know, there was lights there, there was music there, yeah. and within that framework a there's a well there's, there's there's freedom of movement for you and there's freedom to kind of yeah riff a little bit. But I think if you've got music and lights, you've got a lot of people. And you get them involved a little bit, but not too much. You can't really go wrong. Like I think if you've got a strobe light and you've got "Live and Let Die" playing, <laughs> it's, you know it's like, look, people aren't going to like it. Some people are, but hopefully some people will kind of think it's funny or you know, yeah. yeah, have an excuse to kind of project onto someone else. You know, mm. it's like the joke's always on me. Mm. I think yeah. I don't want to like be taking the piss out of the people that are there. I kind of want people to. Yeah, kind of laugh yeah. at me, not with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, with that said, how do you go about using your studio then? Because it seems like your experiences outside the studio inform yeah. a lot of what you do. So when you get here, so when you get in here, the lights are on, the fans on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, how do you... The context of the fan, I don't have a fan on my body. I'm like a really sweaty guy. Yeah, sorry, I should clear that up. Clear that up. Um, so we're in um, what is essentially uh, a closed mother care. Yeah. Um, and above us, there's a... Hopefully we can cut this out um, once the recording But now you've mentioned out. it, they'll, they'll notice it. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's it. So I mentioned it now. <laughs> so there's a, there's a huge fan above us that's yeah. actually connected to the gym next door yeah. um, with some probably hardcore aerobic class going on yeah. there. So... That's, yeah, where that's, we, just, that's where that's me and David are going to go after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, sorry, back, back, yeah, to, yeah, the, yeah, back yeah. to the question. I guess the question is, um, what does day, like, day look like for you in the studio yeah. and, and how do you use this space? Um, well, I kind of work in, well, I try to work in, like, uh, blocks. So I've just uh, booked myself in for, like, three months, maybe more full-time work, you know. So yeah. I'll do that and then hopefully take, like, I don't know, two weeks off. And being here the whole time and then go back to doing that you know and then i'll come in here in the evenings but when i'm in here it's just erratic it's not like um 
nine to five kind of artist kind of thing is. Yeah, it is. Unless unless I've got a show coming up, it's just all over the place. And if I've got a show coming up, then it's like I don't go to bed and I'm just in here losing my marbles. Yeah, because there's it's loads of models and loads of sculptures around. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff's not here actually, but yeah, yeah. How do they, do they serve you as like reminders of, of works or do you have experiences that you think that should definitely be a sculpture or that should, or that should be um, performance? Or is, is it that? Is I think it just, it, it's just like, I think it's, it's like a desperation to be, to be an artist, you know, I, I want to yeah. be in a studio in a very cliched way making art um, and that the easiest way to do it is making these little sculptures, they don't, I don't get a headache when I'm doing it, I'm enjoying it, whereas I think if I try too hard to draw, if I try too hard to paint or make music or write, I get a headache, I can't, I can't, okay. I'm not that good at it, but these little, um, sculptures I enjoy make a lot of them I used to live with this great artist called Patrick Cole and he he does a similar thing where he makes I ripped off a little bit of his work to be honest I ripped off I kind of absorbed a lot of it yeah. and he used he still does if, if you don't know his work then check it out he makes kind of sets and then he does performances within them right yeah which is what a lot of the stuff I've ended up doing is um, I think, I think that it came from that, and, and uh, John Newton, who's also been on this, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was he was at RCA with me, and I was making all these cardboard models, and I made like this big cardboard bus, and I was kind of, I think I was, uh, I don't know, stumbling around in the dark, trying to talk about things not being aesthetically pleasing, and just being quite uh, disposable, mm. but it wasn't really that satisfying. And he showed me this artist called Stuart Middleton. And he was making these tiny little, again, like these kind of the same things that Patrick makes. And I just kind of copied both of them. Yeah. And it's, and a lot of the stuff I do is just copied from other people. A lot of the performance, the, I just, uh, just take as much of it in. I mean, like, we, in fact, we haven't even started talking about Instagram. I mean, Instagram is like, um, well, yeah, I was plugged into my fucking head, you know? <laughs> which was, which was <laughs> such a good idea, but also is the reason that I'm making the work that I'm making now. Yeah. Without it, just it, it, it allows for something else to happen. We don't know yet. I don't think. No, no. I, I think Instagrams are really starting to fade away, but it's done something to people, mm. especially artists. It's changed their yeah. tiny brains. Yeah, because because you because you especially use use it quite a lot, right? Yeah, I think. Like, there's lots of videos that go out. There's lots of. Yeah, yeah. I think I do use it quite a lot, mm. but some people use it a lot more than me. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah, a lot more. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And they can do. It. I think, I think the reason that a lot of people tell me that I use it a lot is because there's some kind of, I don't know. I think there's some kind of um, uh, openness or, or expo there's some kind of exposed thing going on when I'm using it. Because sometimes I use it when I'm pissed or when I'm really sad or like. Yeah, yeah. I'm being really weird, you know. Yeah. So I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said you use it a lot, but I. No, 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 I, I, I recognise that, that you post that you post on it. No, no, no I, don't, I don't mind that I use it a lot. I just, I just think um, it's funny, you know. It's funny. It's a funny thing. It's a funny little thing. <laughs> um, I think I've I, I, I used to have a thing that I could say about it. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of gone now. It's like that anecdote thing. I've, I've said it so many times. Yeah. I can't really say okay. it anymore. 
Um, and now I'm starting to think that something else is happening with Instagram where people aren't that precious over things anymore. Mm -hmm. People have kind of evolved to not really care if stuff doesn't get that much attention because we're all a bit more um, uh, aware of, um, you know, certain algorithms allowing for certain things to work at certain times. Whereas before, I think there was something happening when stuff was getting annoyed, uh, ignored that would that would depress us, right? And and has depressed me and many people I know, right? In a very um, confusing way, right? I don't know, I don't know. There's more, there's more to say about it, but also there's, it's, it's a tool, you know, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a phone. Instagram is, is a phone, you know? It's not, it's not a, it's become something else. It's become like a, another um, internet, you know? How articulate do I sound? Not very. <laughs> Fucking hell. Listen, I've been, I've been breathing in metal all day. <laughs> I did, well, I, we did some um, like, uh, teaching stuff at, at RCA. And we went to some schools. Uh, schools, we went to some art university, whatever, the CAS and Kingston, somewhere else, I think. And I did this talk to them about Instagram. And I spoke about how I tried to beat it. I tried to use it so much that I kind of saturated and nullified it, you know? Yeah. And just the opposite happened. And that was, you know, it was a stupid thing to try and do. And the reference I gave was this guy that I used to know, still kind of know, um, whose mum caught him smoking when he was a kid. And um, is that, he's actually called Scott Carruth. He's an artist. He did this really good video where he, he recreated what his mum did to him when she found him smoking, which is put a whole pack of cigarettes in his mouth and light it and make him smoke all of them at once with the idea that he would just throw up and never want to smoke again and he did throw up and he still smokes you know so it's like it's like you can't really you can't you can't be instagram but you can be i don't have facebook anymore so there's a small <laughs> victory oh, do you find it years. do you find it detrimental to, to you though in any way you see uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Really? Yeah, yeah for sure. But I think, um, yeah, to, to lots of things. Mm. I think the whole phone is, is, is a nightmare. But, yeah, it's allowed for other stuff. So it's, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. You've got to dive in. I got a dating app the other day. I had it for two days and I almost started crying. I could, it made me so sad, right? Yeah, which is, it's depressing. Yeah. But you know, I but just, they are though. They are. Yeah, they are. But also, I think the sad thing was that exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't go there, the, and the way that people were kind of um, made to answer certain questions. It was something called Hinge, right? And my friend was like, "You got to get it." Yeah, yeah. And she she'd met someone. I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it." And it just absolutely killed me. Um, but I thought that I could, you know, you know, if this is the way that we're living, then let's bring it on. Let's see what's going on. Yeah after being very resistant to that kind of thing. And mm. no, it just made me sad. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? What, what was, was it, was it oh, it made me like... so sad because I felt like every time I was looking at someone's face, I was saying no to their fucking face yeah. because of their face. I think that's right. And it wasn't just that, yeah. it was like... You're just like disregarding that someone's entire whole... It's not, and it's, thing. yeah, it is. And it's just, it's the, the, you have to ask these three, like, uh, generic questions, like, say something that, would make me interested in you, you know? And someone would be like, I like going to the zoo. 
It's like, that's it? That's what you've come up with? Fuck. But like, I don't blame you because it's such a fucking shit way of trying to um, put yourself across to someone. Yeah, and getting people to meet each other. Or, or kind of allowing people. Look, to, I think that's good. I think it's fine. If people are going to meet each other in, in any way, fine. Yeah. I just want, I just want everyone to be happy. <laughs> but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, maybe on to some more <laughs> yes, positive questions. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about art here, we're just talking about me. Um, so, we're, we're kind of nearing... Near Are we near the end? Yeah, mate. Yeah, we near, started, you're nearly mate. there. <laughs> we might have to go over the hour. We're going to have to cut this down. Take up all the stuff I've just said. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> at the end of the interviews podcast, as you may know, I ask... <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. I ask, um, I ask people two questions. The first of which um, is if you could swap seats with me and visit anyone, any artist or any person in their studio, yeah. living or dead, who would you visit um, and what would you want to ask them? Well, I, I guess we've already covered quite a few. Yeah, I think it would have to be either Scott Chegg or <laughs> <laughs> Willie, uh, Willie Pisonia, which is, no. Uh, is <laughs> um, Scott Chegg is a good one. If you, if you text someone and say, Hey, I, was, I met your friend last night. It's, they're like, oh, who? You say, Scott. You say, Scott? Scott who? And you write, Scott Chegg. And then you send them a photo of Scott Chegg. It's not that funny, but it's good. Um, uh, it's got to be Renaissance, hasn't it? It's got to be. Giotto. Yeah. I'd like to meet Giotto. Cool. And ask him why he painted everyone with cross eyes. Had to be done. Have you ever seen that really bad video of Anish Kapoor doing um, Gangnam Style? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there's a bit after that where he says, it had to be done. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Anish. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I'd, uh, yeah, I'd visit Giotto and, and um, see what he's up to. What the fuck would that lot up to, honestly? <laughs> Amazing. Look at, look at this studio compared to what they were up to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last question. Yeah. Um, if I can remember it. Um, is, has there been um, a piece of advice or, or something that someone said to you throughout your life that's kind of carried through in your work or in how you kind of how you are as an artist or as anything that's yeah. helped you? Yes, <laughs> I mean, I could say something funny, but I'm yeah. not going to. Um, I think, don't, don't just, just don't try and be too clever. Luckily for me, I'm stupid, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, um, just no, really, 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 especially if you're making art, I think don't, don't try and be too clever because you'll just get found out. Yeah. Um, and you've got a fucking, I think also, if, you, if you're making work, you should try and make it about stuff you know about because otherwise you're doomed. I think even if you are, like, you really love Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? I hate them. But I'd like to see a show about it if you fucking love them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's it, really. And, yeah. That, at the start of the podcast, I mentioned this art teacher called Mr. Pascoe, right? Yeah. Fucking little guy. He, as I left, after I got into Glasgow and this fucking stuff, I bought him some Guinness, I put them on his table, and uh, he wasn't there. And then he went to get them um, as I was walking down the stairs. And I heard him go, look, he said, Luca. <laughs> like he's quite timid, Luca. And he said, to her, he said, I turned and I said, yes. And he said, when you come to the fork in the road, pick it up, right? And it's just the shittest thing. <laughs> it's like something you fucking read on a 
fridge magnet. Anyway, thanks for that. It was good. That's, <laughs> it's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm glad I've made you laugh. That's oh, mate, nice. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm in tears here. Okay. Tears. <laughs> um, do you have anything to plug? Or anything uh, coming up? Any person? Anything? No, I was going to actually like write a list of people that, that I think are good, but I forgot. I was going to do that at work today. There's good people out there. There's good people I've recently encountered. If Genia Bar is a great writer, go and buy her books. Um, who else? Some good artists. Celeste McAvoy, she's good. Uh, Lachlan McFeely Bolt, he's great. He's a rapper. Um, there's so many. Um, Alexander Kronji, check him out. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. Also, if people follow you on Instagram, follow them back, see what they're doing. Don't try and be aloof, ever, anywhere. Don't try and be aloof, fucking hell. Especially if you're not a fucking artist, don't be aloof. It's the last thing you should do. Be nice to people, fucking hell. Legalize weed, man. About time, isn't it? <laughs> fucking hell. It's about time they legalize that shit, man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I hope you weren't recording me. I'll see that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that, mate. That was that. Yeah, okay. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me over. Thanks for giving me your evening. Yeah, no problem. Last one. Cool. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please find more information about what was discussed in the podcast in the notes section. And if you like what you heard and would like to keep up to date with new episodes, um, then please subscribe or follow us depending on which listening platform you use. And head over to our Instagram page, at to the studio, which we regularly update with posts about each guest we have and all other goings on as well. To the studio is produced by the Audio Wizard an all-round great guy that is Theo Bird and I would thoroughly recommend getting in touch with him for all your audio needs. On Instagram, he is birdperson, bird is spelt B-Y-R-D, person. Also, if you can spare a moment to leave us a lovely review, and that would help us out a lot and it allows us to reach a few more ears than we are currently. And lastly, if you've got any suggestions or opinions you wish to share with us, then please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms or send us over an email. Our details are again in um, the notes section uh, of each episode of the podcast. Well, thanks very much again for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>